morning again. My name's Matt. For those of you who I haven't met, uh, it's great to be with you this morning. We are continuing in our series through the book of Colossians. So if you have a Bible or if you prefer your phone, use a Bible app, go ahead and turn with me uh, to Colossians 3, verse 15, and we will pick up there in a moment. Uh, If you have been with us through uh, the last couple months, as we've been working our way through the book of Colossians, you might remember that the first half of the book, it's only four chapters, but the first half of the book, uh, as is Paul's custom, is all about Jesus, uh, who he is, what he's done, uh, what he has accomplished, what he's accomplished for us, um, and even who we are as a result, what he's doing in us as the mission of God uh, unfolds within us and around us. Um, And then, as Paul will often do, as he gets a few chapters in, he'll kind of turn the corner, and then talking. Then he begins talking about us, our lives. How are we to live? How do we how do we live in light of the reality of who Jesus is and what He's bringing about within us? Uh, And and so we're as we're moving into the second half, we're sort of getting into more. Hey, how should we live? Uh, But it's all in light of who Jesus is, uh, what Jesus has accomplished, and what he's bringing about in us. If you were here last week, uh, Paul talked about us as individuals, and one of the ways that we respond uh, to who we are in Christ, to the radical grace of God, is actually uh, what Paul would describe as taking off the old and putting on the new. Uh, In a sense, the core of who you are, the moment you give your life to Jesus, moves from death to life, you become a new creation. A transformation happens within you, within your uh, spiritual DNA, so to speak, uh, that you could never have brought about, but God brings it about, and then he says, hey, in light of that, in light of uh, the fact that you're a new creation, you should wear or put on new creation clothes. You, you shouldn't clothe yourself in all of the garbage and kind of rags that you wore before when you were an old creation. No, 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 now that you're a new creation, you just wear clothes Uh, that are in line with your new creation nature. So the things of God, um, compassion, love, gentleness, patience. He said, these are natural for you now. You clothe yourself. In in addition to your new creation, you just sort of clothe yourself in this stuff that's from God. It'll be much more fitting for you now. Uh, and, And so Paul's talking about the individual, how we are to respond to the grace of God and our new creationness. And And Paul's now gonna broaden that out to the community. Uh, So as individuals, we have this call to put off the old, to put on the new, uh, but the real magic happens uh, when you come together as a community of new creations, uh, all seeking after Jesus uh, together as one body. And that's what Paul is after this morning. In verse 15, he writes this. He says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs of the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Let's pray. Jesus, we invite you to come uh, and move in power this morning and just to uh, bind the things that are not of you uh, and, and to loose, uh, loose the things of the kingdom. So God, wherever you uh, find uh, fear in this room, 
uh, uncertainty as to who you are, as to your grace, as to our identity in you, uh, as to the freedom that we have in you. I pray that you would bind that, Lord, that that would be set aside, cast aside in the power of your spirit. And would you come, uh, all life comes from you, Jesus. All of it is rooted in you. There's no life we could observe in the universe that doesn't find its root, its source in you. Um, You're bursting with life. Uh, Would you come here into this place and and set us free to greater and greater degrees of life? Uh, Lord, we we are an imperfect group of people, um, but but we want to be a magnificent expression of your church. We don't want to just read about it in Scripture and nod our heads and say, whoa, wasn't that cool in the first century when the church was like, no, 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 that's us, that's who we are. Would you loose us into that, Lord? Would you uh, set us free uh, to experience the fullness of what you have and what you intend? In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, It is not news to most of us that our society, our culture, is becoming increasingly secular. And when our culture, secular culture, Uh, looks back at the church or even thinks about uh, the concept of church, uh, typically what they imagine uh, is something that is very uh, boring, Uh, very dry, very empty, very lifeless, uh, sort of a a flat, uh, dusty old pew, sort of a a mundane place uh, that uh, would be very boring for them to participate in. Uh, In reality, the scriptures describe a vision of church uh, that is something very different than what secular culture would imagine it to be. It's uh, something very dynamic, something that is full of life. You see, it's uh, one thing for for each one of us to seek after Jesus for ourselves. Uh, And in a sense, we each have to hear that call, right? Like you have to seek after Jesus for yourself. Nobody else can do it for you. Uh, You can't get by uh, living off of someone else's spirituality. Like you have to wake up. You have to take hold of the things of God. You have to die to yourself, pick up your cross, follow after Jesus uh, for yourself. Um, But you shouldn't do it by yourself. You weren't meant to follow Jesus that way. So there's this sort of balance where we all take ownership for our own lives before God. We all reach for the fullness of what Christ has for us. Uh, Paul says, I'm running my race. I want to take hold of the thing for which Christ has taken hold of me. So we're all doing that individually, but we were never meant to do it alone. And in fact, as we open Scripture and, and see what the church is supposed to be like, I would argue that it's sort of a, the height of God's creative power. Just as you see in Genesis, sort of the, the height of creation, the, the climax of His creative power is humanity. Well, well the, the climax of humanity is actually redeemed humanity celebrating Jesus together, building life around Him in, in this living organism that we would call the church. This is the very height of His creative power. Uh, and, and so uh, you can be uh, an individual who seeks after God. And in fact, you can be on fire for God as an individual. You can be a glowing with the Holy Spirit. You can be walking on water. But, but if you're all alone, if you're not part of community, you're actually missing out on the fullness of what God has for you. It doesn't matter how, how uh, full of God you get on your own. 
um, that that's not the height. You actually need to be in community, in this thing that God has created as sort of the, the crescendo where, where His presence and glory are supposed to be sort of experienced and on display uh, in a unique way. So the, the church, um, in theory, should really be a place that's known for being full of life, full of the presence and, and goodness of God. A, a place that makes isolation and Netflix look pathetic by comparison. You say, really? Like, it's just such an easy choice based on where, where the life and presence of God dwells. And so these are just a few of the things uh, that should be on display in the church. In the verses we read this morning, uh, Paul says this. He says, the church should be... It's coming. There it is. A, a, a church should be uh, a place where the TVs always work. No. A place where the peace of Christ is ruling in our hearts as one peaceful and spirit-filled body. It should be a place of gratitude. He mentions that like three or four times in the verses we read this morning. A place where the message of Christ and the kingdom dwells richly among us. And that actually got compounded there. There's supposed to be uh, four and then five. Uh, but it dwells richly among us, uh, meaning not in a shallow way, not in a like, oh, I, I kind of get it, it's a far off thing. No, it's actually dwelling among us in this place. Uh, number four, a place where we teach and admonish each other through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Uh, and five, a place of Spirit-filled worship. And as I describe all of these things, this isn't uh, the end of the list, but this is certainly the things Paul's talking about this morning. As I describe these things, for some of you, uh, your heart kind of leaps and you think, wow, this sounds really exciting. And for others of you, uh, perhaps you aren't so sure. Uh, but notice how countercultural all of these things are. Uh, we live uh, in a cultural moment right now of angst and anxiety. And, and that was brought to fever pitch uh, through uh, the pandemic. Uh, but, but we have become a culture uh, where we, uh, a kind of what we see on display is, is a culture of hurt and angry people, fearful people, uh, offended people, restless people, and above everything else, we are anxious. Uh, anxiety has been rising a year over year in our country since the 1950s, it's been rising. Uh, over the last 20 years, uh, it's spiked even higher. And in, as you, in the last five, uh, we've actually seen the greatest spike of all. Uh, we are currently living in what could be described uh, as a mental health crisis by the numbers. Rates of anxiety are through the roof. And yet, the, in the midst of that, Paul says the church is to be a place of peace. We're, we're to be marked by that. That as we come together, there's, there's to be this atmosphere, this, this aroma, this sense of peace. And that's really hard to do if you're a lone ranger, if you're just kind of out doing your own thing. Hey, I'll just read my Bible and pray and follow Jesus on my own. Peace is actually really hard to find. If it's just you versus the 24-hour news cycle, you versus social media, you versus your own fears, man, that's, that's a losing battle. 
You will succumb to anxiety. But when we gather together, when we come together as family, as a community, Paul says peace should be ruling in this place. Hard to find alone, much easier for it to take root and grow as we come together. And in fact, it starts by taking root, but over time, peace should begin to dominate the landscape of your life as anxiety fades. It says you aren't ruled by that stuff anymore. This is to be a place of peace. Uh, second, if we throw, uh, if you could throw that list back up again. Uh, second, we live in an age of entitlement. Sort of the mantra of our culture is, my life is all about me and my pleasure. That is the guiding principle that will determine what I do, what I say, what I pursue, what I buy, what I commit to. We kind of have this mentality that, hey, I deserve a good life, uh, perhaps even an easy life. That's sort of owed to me somehow. Uh, I deserve comfort and money and security and, and acknowledgement. And if I don't get those things, then I'll grumble. Uh, I, I will complain. Uh, I'll, I'll look for someone to blame. I will vent on social media. Uh, by all physical standards, we are a very blessed nation. Perhaps the most blessed nation in all of human history by those numbers. But are we a grateful nation? Are we known uh, for our gratitude? Or are we known for our grumbling, our complaining, our posts on social media that cut and sting and criticize and condemn? Uh, the church, Paul says, is to be a countercultural community uh, that, that is uh, full of gratitude and joy and blessing. Out there, you're going to be fighting an uphill battle to be that type of person to operate in gratitude. But, but when we gather together, uh, it actually becomes a lot easier. We remember and celebrate who God is and what He's done and, and the future that's waiting for all of us out front. And all of a sudden, as we come together, as we proclaim that, as we celebrate that, as we sing that out in worship, we begin to see the truths of God more accurately. And the more accurately you see the reality of God's grace and His promises and the future that's out front, the more natural it will be uh, to express gratitude. If you can't see it, you can still try. You can still try and cultivate a, a grateful heart. But the more you see it, the easier it is uh, to become grateful. Uh, third, uh, Paul says, the church is to be a place uh, where the message of Christ and the kingdom of God dwells richly among us means it's right there. It's like, it's not only deep in your mind, deep in your heart, but it's also at the forefront. It's almost spilling out of you at the same time. Not so among the culture. Our culture isn't rooted in anything enduring. Uh, they, they aren't rooted in anything that will actually give hope. They, they, they aren't connected with the life-giving reality of Jesus. Uh, the world and its ways, Paul says, are passing away but we are deeply rooted uh, in something that is eternal. The culture has none of it. Many churches today, sadly, we can slip into having a shallow version of it. He says, no, 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 I, I don't want you to have none of it. I don't want you to have a shallow version. I want you to have something that's really deep, that's enduring, that dwells richly among you, that's springing up out of each heart. 
as you gather, that flavors your conversations, that, that changes the atmosphere in the room because it's dwelling richly among you. And finally, I would sum up the last two by saying this. God's vision for church is one of passionate and participatory worship. And I think this is perhaps the hardest one for us to grasp, at least in the Western world. Uh, as the gospel breaks out uh, across what we would call the global south, uh, it is often a, a spirit-filled, spirit-inspired uh, movement that is rippling across these different um, cultures and nations and people groups. And um, for the global south, I would argue that uh, passionate and participatory worship is actually a lot easier for them to grasp. Uh, many of them are starting with, a, with sort of a blank state, and this is just all they know. You come together, you worship God, you share prophetic words, you sing out, you speak in tongues, someone interprets the tongues. Like everything you read about in Scripture, they're like, that's just what we do. We have the Bible, that's all we know, is to do these things. Uh, it's a different atmosphere in the Western world. We all know this, but it's even easier to see by comparison. In the Western world, we have centuries and centuries of church history. Some of it helpful, some of it not so helpful. Because over those centuries, it sort of formed in our minds what we think the church is supposed to be, uh, what we think worship is supposed to entail. And, and some of that lines up with Scripture, and some of it really doesn't. Actually, it makes it harder for us to enter into what all of our brothers and sisters in the global south are like, we read about it in Scripture, we do it, why would you do anything else? And, and, and we can get stuck in sort of a rut and a different way of thinking about uh, church and, and even worship and participation because of the history that's involved. We can slip into this way of thinking that says, hey, uh, church is a building that I go to. That's the church. Uh, and, and when I get to the building, one or more, um, quote, professional Christians are, are going to, to share something, to say something. Uh, they're going to convey information to me uh, that, that will hopefully be very uh, interesting to my intellect. I'll experience it that way and maybe only that way. I'll get information, I'll learn something new, and then I'll leave. That is success. That's success in, in sort of the, the classic... Uh, Western church grid that we sometimes use and adopt. But when you open the Scriptures, that's not actually what you see. What you see in Scripture is something very dynamic, very active. It's a living, breathing, uh, participatory thing. Paul says, I want, each, I want you, each of you, uh, to teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. Through, through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Notice the way he's addressing the church. This involves everyone. He doesn't say, hey, I want the worship leader to sound like Hillsong and just be really polished. Like, no, no, no. He's not talking. Hey, I want, the, I want the preacher to be this. and that. No, no, no. Each of all of you do this to every, everyone does this to everyone else. This is a very participatory thing. Go teach, admonish, sing out in the Spirit. Do these, do these things. Participate as a community. Not just uh, singing the words on the screen. Sometimes we sort of uh, limp into church, limp into worship. It's a, it's a consumer enterprise. 
Even, even worship is just, hey, someone's going to perform for me. And, oh, I, and I guess I should sing. Oh, and there's words on the screen. And so, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. And, and, and you're bored. And I think God's probably bored. He's like, I, what are you doing right now? Like, why are you even singing? Like, wait, it's just this dull... Do oh I'll just okay whatever's up there I, I'll just kind of kind of sing that that that's actually not the worship that Paul has envisioned for the church. He, he he's in, he's in, envisioned something where where he, he's in, he's into living stuff, uh, dynamic stuff, messy stuff, not not dead stuff. The Bible's not into dead things. Paul doesn't want sort of a dead, empty, dutiful. Worship. That's not what's supposed to be happening in the church. He says, sing out what's on your heart. Songs from the Spirit. Words that aren't on the screen. Songs that aren't on the screen. Sing out in tongues, if you speak in tongues. In hymns, in psalms, in in songs from the Spirit. Whatever's in there. What's in your heart? He he wants that thing, the thing that's beating, that's pounding on your heart. He He wants that thing to come out. If Paul were here, he'd say, I don't care what's on the screen. We're here to worship the living God. We're, we're, this, is, this is supposed to be a messy, active, dynamic thing that we do together. And, and I know what some of you will be thinking in response to that. You'll say, well, well that's not how we did it growing up. That, that's not how we did it at my church. That's not what I'm used to. All right, I get that. It might be new. It might be different. It might be risky. But it's not dead. It's a living thing. It's a biblical thing. And I think far too often we settle for what's, quote, normal for what we should be doing in the Western church instead of what the Bible actually says we should be doing. The Bible's vision for church is sometimes different than, than our Western tradition. We have to choose. We, we, we want to be a place where we actually are, are living out, experiencing life, experiencing the gathering in the way that the Bible says. And if I'm honest, this is where I've been most impacted in my life. It's in uh, spirit-filled communities where people risk. Where people sing out what's on their heart. That's their own words, that's their own words. If that's a different song, it's a different song. If it's speaking in tongues, they're speaking in tongues. They just risk. They're like, hey, I feel, I feel safe here. I want, I want the fullness of, of what we're reading about. That's actually where I've been most stirred is in communities that are spirit-filled, where, where people are singing out real words from their real hearts. Not dead repetition. There's no, there's no life. There's no life in that. Where people step out and, and teach and encourage and build up one another with prophetic words. Hey, as I was in prayer this morning, as we were worshiping, oh, God brought this to mind. I think he'd want to stir us this morning with this thought, this word, this image. I'm going to step out. I'm going to risk. I'm going to share. 
We could do the dead church thing for 20 years and it wouldn't be worth two weeks of the real thing. Jesus is alive. He's back from the dead. He's active. He's dynamic. He's at work in our hearts as we gather together. And, and what we read about in Scripture, that, that's His plan for church. That's His vision for what things should be like as we gather. And, and I'm at this place where I, of, of surrender, of saying, Lord, I trust You. I want Your version of church. I want Your version of a gathering. You, the way You would do it is so much better than the way that I would do it. Or the way that we would do it apart from Him. He's way better at building His church than we are. So this morning I want to do something a little different. I want us to just take some time and practice this. And it does take practice for us as individuals, as, as a gathering, to have a church culture that, that looks like this. That looks like what we see when we open Scripture. It actually takes practice for us. And so that's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to create some extra space this morning. Uh, and and I, what I want to do with that extra space is sort of lean into this type of worship. To, to, to wait on the Lord and see what He has. To say, Lord, I'm going to invite you to stir my heart. And whatever's in there, man, that's what I'm going to sing out. And, and, and Lord, if you lay something on my heart that I sense is for the gathered community, I'm going to, I'm going to risk, I'm going to step out, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. So as we worship this morning, uh, I'd encourage you to worship from the heart with thanksgiving, Paul says, spontaneously if you can. Sing out what's stirring on your heart. If that's tongues, then sing out in tongues. If that's a different song, sing that out. If it's the words on the screen, sing the words on the screen, but like you mean it. Sometimes, that, sometimes the words on the screen are just perfect for me. Like, oh, Lord, I am just... This is so good. I just want to sing these out to you right now. Sometimes they're not. What, what's in your heart? What's he stirring in you while we worship? Uh, and as we're worshiping, I want to leave room for us to share, uh, to, in the words of Paul, teach and admonish. In other places, he says, encourage to build up one another. So as we're worshiping, and we'll have a little extra time in worship this morning, I'm just going to be worshiping over here on this side of the room. So if you have something on your heart, maybe it's really profound, and you're like, oh my gosh, that, like God just laid this on my heart. It's so profound, I, I have to share it. Maybe it's really simple, but you feel that prompting from the Spirit. You know what? I think I'm supposed to share this for the building up of the body. I, I don't care, and, and God doesn't care either. What, what's important in that is that we're growing, that we're risking, that we're stepping out and being obedient. I don't, I don't care if you feel prompted to share and just say, you know what? I just feel like God wants to remind us of how much he loves us this morning. Hallelujah. You're stirring faith. You're building us up. So if, if that happens, go ahead and grab me. We'll weigh that together and see if it's something that uh, can be shared for the building up uh, of the body. Um, and in the meantime, uh, the worship team, you can come back up. I'm going to say a quick prayer for us, and then we're going to take our time. A shorter teaching, there's no rush this morning, but we want to experience, in small ways and in big ways, church as it's described in Scripture. 
a living, breathing, active, dynamic, participatory thing. For some of you, you're like on the edge of your seats. Hallelujah. I've been waiting. Others of you are like, I don't know what he's talking about. And I don't know. This is like a little uncomfortable for me. It's okay. This is a safe space. We're going to worship Jesus. We're going to wait on the Lord. We're going to sing out. Those who feel prompted to share are going to share. Those who feel prompted to sing are going to sing. We're going to invite God into this place. Jesus, we turn our eyes to you now, recognizing that you are always out front, Lord. And you always have something new for us. In you is, is, is infinity, is eternal, is more than we could ever grasp, more than we could ever contain in the, in the earthen vessels that we are. God, we repent of being bored. Forgive us, Lord, for being bored in our faith, for being bored with church. We're so eager to stuff everything into a box and then we wonder why we're bored. Jesus, help us break out of that. There's more that you want to give us. Whether, whether we're going to commit our lives to Jesus for the first time this morning, which you're invited to do, or whether we've been following Jesus 20, 30, 40, 50 years, there's more of you, Jesus. We can't possibly contain all that you want to give, but our hands are open this morning. Our hearts are open. Our, our eyes, our gaze is fixed on you. Lord, would you expand us? Would you expand our, our capacity to worship? Would you, would you expand our courage? Would this be a place where people build one another up and teach and admonish and, and stir faith? Lord, I, I, I'm, I firmly believe that as the church becomes less, it's going to become more. If we, if we, if we root ourselves in this, if we remember what the church is supposed to be, and in a sense, it's now, it's now or never in the Western world. Lord, what's left of your church needs to come alive for the sake of the lost, for the sake of the culture around us. We invite you here now, Lord Jesus. Would you come? Would you touch? Would you stir us? For some of us, that will be in ways that we're very familiar with already expecting, anticipating. For some of us, it'll be in new ways that we haven't anticipated, that we're, that we're not aware of, but our eyes are fixed on you. Would you come, Lord, and release us to be everything that the church was meant to be? We lift our hearts to you now. We come with expectation. Meet us in this place. In Jesus' name, amen.